hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Buy now, pay later. The more you spend, the more you save. Because you're worth it. What do all these slogans have in common? They are ads that are designed to get us to spend more and more and more and more. Yet studies continue to show that financial habit most of us want to change is our da-da-da spending. <laughs> so you're listening to Queer Money episode 358. And as part of our ongoing financial well-being series with Capital One, we're sharing how you can spend responsibly with our special guest, Jen Deloy, head of checking and consumer insights at Capital One. Now on to the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. So welcome, Jen, to the Queer Money Podcast. We're excited to have you. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Sure. So we've been talking a lot with Capital One for the last couple of years about financial well-being. So I'm curious from your perspective, what does financial well-being mean to you? I mean, that's a very good question. And I think I think financial well-being is something that can be a little bit different for everyone. It's not really a, a one-size-fits-all approach. For me personally, I think it's feeling good about my finances, feeling good about the choices I'm making financially what I'm spending my money on, what I'm saving it for, and feeling like I have a sort of a handle on everything happening in my financial life. I think it's very interesting that every one of those examples that you just listed, you talked about feelings. You know, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like checks aren't bouncing and the, the creditors aren't calling me and my credit score isn't you know, down in the 400s. <laughs> but you know, it was all about, I feel this way and I feel that way. And, if, and I think you're right. It is a lot about how your relationship and your emotions and your attitudes towards your financial situation and your finances. Yeah, money is incredibly emotional. It's emotional to individuals. It can get really emotional for families and friends. It's a really emotional thing. And I think sometimes we're a little afraid to let that emotionality come into the picture. And I think what most people want and what's really best is let it be emotional, but have the sort of tools and tactics that you need and the support that you need to process that and to manage it well. Right, exactly. Yeah, John and I have said a number of times on this on the podcast and in public speaking, personal finance, 80% of it is the finance side and 20% is the personal side. And it's the personal side mm-hmm. that brings out those feelings and emotions based on who we are, who we love, where we live, our background growing up, race, gender, all of those things have an impact on how we interact with money. But as you said, it's interesting that that we can use that other 80% to try to soothe our soul, so to speak, when it comes to some of the emotions <laughs> yeah. that are related to money. Yeah. <laughs> what does spending responsibly then mean to you? So for me, spending responsibly is sort of having a plan and an understanding of what's important to me to spend on. What are the things that I have to spend on, their necessities in life? 
what are the things that are sort of investments or optional things, having a good sense of that picture, having transparency to where I stand on all of those things, and having a, a plan for how I want to prioritize and what I'm trying to solve for. What do I need to spend on? What do I need to save for right now? And how are those two things relating to each other? Are they in balance? And I understand kind of what my next couple steps are on, on that journey. If I have that, then I feel like I'm being responsible. Yeah. So you said a couple times there, having a plan. What does that mean exactly? Is that having a budget? Is that having a comprehensive financial plan that you work with, maybe a financial advisor or a planner for? Or what all is included in that plan, do you think? It's another one of those things I think can vary for everybody. I think what we try to advise for people as Capital One and the products that we try to create and make available are things that let us kind of form those plans in our spending and saving habits and let us kind of actively manage and track them, check in on them, adjust them as needed. I think that I think probably the best example of that that we have in kind of a day to day basis are our, our checking products, our, our 360C checking products, and our money team checking products are kind of the two best examples that come to mind where we've really tried to focus on how do we create products that allow people to have easy, frictionless spending experiences so you can sort of perform the function of spending, but then also have the ability to. to you know, get transparency on all of that spend and get sort of protection and alerts on those spends, have the ability to, in our money team checking product, for example, set controls as a parent for what are your kids spending on. That's really how I think about what products do I use in my life to manage my my day-to-day that's most that's kind of most present and top of mind. Yeah. Yeah, it's great that the money team checking allows parents to put some controls so that their teen or their their child spends responsibly. But I think it's also important for us adults as parents to make sure we have controls on ourselves, right? And so that therein lies the value of a budget. And maybe to your point, having those alerts of when I spend too much or when I spend X amount of dollars in a particular category or overall that I'm getting mm-hmm. notifications, what not to say, hey, you're kind of pushing the barriers there, John. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the the teen checking option because it does start the conversation. I don't know how many people we hear. And actually, to be honest, we just did a, a podcast with the CEO of the National Endowment for Financial Education. And that said that over 50% of LGBTQ folks said that they didn't have or never have been given the education that they felt was necessary to manage their finances simply, right? And now we have we actually have tools like the ones from Capital One that are starting to encourage that kind of conversation between parents. Do those tools go the other direction? Can the kids put <laughs> controls around what mom and dad are able to spend money on? <laughs> That's an interesting idea. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to save that one and maybe float that past a couple people. That's a pretty, suggestion. That's pretty yeah, suggestion box. I it's like, like Netflix. Yeah, I know no. a lot of kids who know how to turn the adult mess with the the, the restrictions the, off. Restriction yeah. controls, but the adults don't know how to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's funny. I mean, it, the the stat you just shared is kind of staggering. And I mean, you know, I, I'm a parent. I'm an LGBTQ parent. I have two kids, a recently seven-year-old son, an eight and soon to nine, be nine-year-old daughter. And it's sort of that the generational impact of that is something that kind of struck me when you mentioned that, right? Because I, I could imagine 
LGBTQ folks of, forgive me if I'm stretching, our generation, you know, growing up with this lack of kind of active financial literacy and conversation in their families, and then passing that, that on to the kind of their next generation of kids, which is exactly the kind of thing we're hoping to, you know, avoid or, or create workarounds and, and tactics and tools for with things like our money team checking product, our kids savings accounts, so that's exactly the kind of thing we're trying to open up a conversation around and really provide useful, simple tools to simplify all of that for everyone. Yeah, we're super thankful for that. So now let's couple it all together. How does spending responsibly help with our financial well-being? Or does it maybe maybe doesn't help? Well, it, I think it has to. I, I, I think you probably kind of can't have a great sense of financial well-being if you don't have a clear sense of your spending. I mean, to me, spending is spending is a whole topic of its own, and it's a it's a big one. It's probably the one we interact with and engage in the most on a day to day basis. And so, for me, I I think it'd be it'd be pretty hard to feel good about your financial life, your financial well being, your financial plan, if you didn't feel like you had a grasp on your spending and mm-hmm. had the the sort of tools and platforms and support you needed to to accomplish that well. We, we have to spend, right? We live in the world today. We've got to put gas in the car. We've got to buy groceries. We've got to do those things. But for me, the, the sort of goal in the journey is how do we do that in as simple, safe, transparent, and, and sort of conscious way as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So Capital One did a financial well-being study a couple of years ago, and we've been leveraging the content in that throughout this series for a while. And I wanted to revisit some of the data on spending that you pulled from that. Capital One's Mm -hmm. financial well-being survey found that when asked what financial habits respondents most want changed, 44% said spending on items I don't really need, and 41% said impulse spending. Likewise, when asked what area respondents most struggle with in their finances, a majority, or 29%, said having good spending habits. And I think you know, everything you just said there really aligns with sort of how David and I got started in the personal finance Finfluencer space, I guess, is with a cool tagline, their cool name of these days, is in that we were spending, we got into $51,000 in credit card debt. In part, mm-hmm. in hindsight, we realized because most of the time we were spending unconsciously, we weren't, we had no clue what we were spending and where that money was going. And so I think he and I can personally relate to the data from your study. But what does this tell you about people's spending habits relative to how they actually spend and how they prefer to spend? It says to me there's a disconnect, right? I mean, when you have that many people sort of saying, you know, when I think about it, I disagree with the choices I'm making on my spending is kind of a, kind <laughs> of a, a fantastic. I like the way you right? it. Exactly. That's great. great way to put it. <laughs> right? It's, it's a pretty staggering, like, cognitive disconnect. I mean, there's probably whole, I'm sure there are whole studies that, that can go into that. When I think about the kind of like practical implications of that and what do we do about it? I think it goes back to some of the things we've already been talking about around, you know, spending is a necessary thing in life. And what we want to do is we want to create sort of structure, controls, tools, visibility, consciousness around how and when am I doing that spending and how does that fit into my overall sense of financial health and plan. And I think that that requires things like having a plan, having a budget, having good spending tools that give you the visibility, the information, and the opportunity to kind of set your own 
controls and, and support mechanisms that you need to make those decisions more consciously and maybe agree with yourself a little bit more <laughs> when you kind of reflect back on the spending choices that you're making. Yeah, a hundred percent. I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll revisit something we said on the show before, for our listeners and watchers who've been watching for a while. Know that we highly encourage folks to do a spending analysis. And since we're bumping up against the end of the year, maybe now is the time to make, to think about doing that. Anybody we've ever coached through doing a spending analysis, it was mm-hmm. just like pulling teeth to try to get them to actually do. Because we, mm-hmm. we, 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 we we suggest to the best of your ability to try to itemize all of your expenses for an entire year. So it's 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 a it's a comprehensive arduous assignment, but I can't tell you how many people we've coached through that process who were just surprised when they looked at it in hindsight, how they were spending their money. Like they didn't, they had no idea the categories that they were just blowing away. And to your point, like in hindsight, they're like, oh my gosh, I don't, I don't, I don't approve of myself at all. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I love the comment you made too, about the time of year, right? I mean, we're, we're approaching holiday season, end of year, there are so many things to me about this time of year that both I think trigger and hits on. It's the season of spending kind of mm-hmm. stuff, right? This is a time when I think we all feel the need, the desire for lots of good reasons to spend for gift giving, travel to see family, but it's also kind of coming up on end of year and New Year's and it's a good time of reflection and setting goals and, and thinking about kind of, you know, marking where I am in my life and I'm progressing against those things and finances are usually a big part of that for most people. So it's a really, really resonant time for a lot of these topics, I think. And, and also like for me, getting back to the kind of money team checking as an example, I think it's a, time, a good time to like have these discussions, you know, with yourself, with your relationships where you may have kind of shared financial implications with your families around the holidays. I know I, I was just talking with my kids about the creating their Christmas list and, you know, what are the gifts that I want to get and what are the gifts I'm planning to get for others? And I think those moments really create good opportunities to explore where you're at with your financial habits and try to reinforce the right values and the right approaches with the right tools. And how do you suggest that that parents maybe do that? Now is a is the spending season and, and kids are thinking of all the things that they're going to get from Santa, maybe without the consequence of what they're going to cost. And they're also pro- hopefully thinking yep. about giving gifts as well. How do you suggest that parents start that conversation or maybe maybe use the holiday as a, a learning opportunity as well as a time to celebrate? It's a, it's a great question. So I think the, the things we try to reinforce in particular with parents and kids using things like our kids savings account and, and our team money che- our money team checking product is kind of one sitting down and making a plan, right? I, I have these things I want to get. I have these things I want to give. How do I kind of make the list? And if, if any kids that, that folks have are like mine, that list is probably way too long <laughs> <laughs> on, on both ends, right? So that, that kind of speaks to a bit of the, the budget conversation, right? Let's make a plan for the things we want to try to accomplish. And then let's put that in context of our bigger financial plan, our bigger budget, and see how those bump up against each other. How can we fit them together? And then I think the next thing we would kind of recommend people do is try to get ahead of that actual spending, right? There's, they're sitting down and making the list and the plan from a budget perspective, but then there's also like, you actually have to go buy the things. And there's a, a lot of things you can do when you think about actually making your purchase, actually doing the transaction where you can take steps to just avoid some pitfalls, right? 
of those impulse buys, those emotional buys. You can get ahead of things like sales in the holiday season. You can get ahead of having to pay expedited shipping expenses. So having spending tools, our checking accounts, our 360 checking account, our money team checking account, the debit cards that are associated with those, readily accessible and usable so you can pick the best moment to mm -hmm. actually make that spend from a cash flow management perspective and also to really get your sort of best price at your best moment are the kinds of things we would push people to be really thinking about this time of year. It's also a great time, frankly, that kids are probably going to be getting money. Actually, adults, I, I don't know about you guys, I'm a big fan of gift cards. I'm a big fan <laughs> of, of cash is never like an insulting, thoughtless gift, in my opinion. <laughs> no. So it's a really great time to make sure you're sort of set up with the, the products and tools you need to manage both ends of that, both the receiving of those things and, and the, the giving or spending you're going to have to do on the gifts for those things. Yeah, exactly. I like the way you're having this conversation and the way you're, you're, you think about having this conversation with kids because it can actually be an example that you can use of how you have to do this every single month with your budget, right? When we get us, we have a certain amount of money. Some of it we have to give away, pay bills. Some of it we get to spend on ourselves, going out to eat, entertainment, the things that we need right now on the monthly basis. But it kind of balances, it gets kind of a similar example of, of we budget for Christmas. Well, we just have to do the exact same thing for ourselves every single month. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. And, and in tools like our money and team checking account, we have the ability for kids to set up essentially savings goals. They become, they become sort of budget buckets, yeah. right? And it's a conversation that's super relevant now in the spending season. But to your point, they could be saving for their Christmas presents all year long. They could be mm -hmm. saving for, you know, that bike they want to buy all year long. And so it's, it's really a, a regular kind of cadence of a topic that I think the more we can find ways to integrate that into our daily lives with our kids, as well as kind of designated financial planning and, and conversation time, the better. Right. Yeah. And I would suggest to parents that once you're done going through those exercises and trying to teach your kids how to budget and spend appropriately according to their values or what they're trying to achieve, then ask yourself, Am I practicing this myself? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the That's best the, of my uh, ability. Do as I do, not as I say approach. Does that, exactly. does that work in financial planning? And, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and you know, it, it's interesting. On the Queer Money podcast, we we talk about these things and we talk about parenting in part because as queer individuals, we're seeing more and more queer people starting families. And mm -hmm. so this is kind of a conversation that maybe 15, 20 years ago, very few of us were having. But the reality is, is that many of us are now starting to move into a financial space where we can afford to have a family to start, whether that's having mm -hmm. ch children biologically or bringing kids into the family through adoption, foster, mm -hmm. things like that. So it's, this is a, it's a prime opportunity for us as a community to start talking about how do we talk to our kids instead of us saying, okay, well, we're just going to go talk to our aunts, our nieces and nephews about this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, having, having lived that right directly myself, it's something that I, I definitely kind of get hit by the realization of that every once in a while. Right. And, and sort of, what's 
sort of unique and different in the challenges that I face as you know someone who grew up in a certain generation of the LGBTQ community and someone who is now trying to kind of raise kids in a way that there maybe weren't a whole lot of models out there for what those families looked like and how they worked. And, you know, it, it's interesting to kind of reflect on. And, and for me personally, obviously I, I work at a bank, I work in checking and debit all day long and spending all day long. So I find that stuff fun. I may be biased, but <laughs> some of the best conversations I have with my kids are, you know, I have them on, on our money team checking products and kids savings accounts, and they have allowances, which we're able to manage really with really automated, cool tools and, and savings tools in those products. And, you know, at least once a month, we sort of figure out, okay, like, what do you want to spend your money on this month? Like, do you want to buy yourself a toy? Do you want to donate money to something that you care about? Do you want to get a gift for someone? Those are really fun conversations to have with kids. They're hard. But I at least feel like we have good tools in place that that make it easier to at least surface the conversation and have, which is valuable in itself, if not get those things done in a really frictionless, safe sort of learning way. Shopping with kids is fun. I mean, that's that's a pretty fun experience. You, you get a chance to shop with kids. That's that's a that's something I would take up any day of the week. It they ask hard funny. questions. Yeah, they do. They do. No, they I have do. all the answers. Yeah, yeah. No shame. No like hesitation to like no. really dig. Yeah. Why? 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 Like, I don't know. I didn't dig that far. <laughs> so okay, you brought up the the proverbial bike that you that kids save for. So I'm curious from all of us, it's a, a question for everybody roundtable. What's the first purchase that you remember buying with your own money that you intentionally saved up for? We'll oh, let Jen gosh. go first. Oh my gosh, this is a bit unfair and embarrassing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there was stuff like candy and bubble gum and like, oh, yeah, definitely. like that. The first thing I remember being like, I, I pride myself on, I've, I've had, I've had an paycheck from the time I was nine. Like I, I started off like in the paper routes and the running scoreboards and all that stuff. And I remember my first big thing I saved up for and bought was a saxophone. So I, I played saxophone growing up. Oh, that's a wow. cool first and, purchase. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it was fun. And I, I really wanted this like nice alto saxophone, not the sort of janky one that I got to borrow from the school. I wanted my own. <laughs> I, I remember like, this diligently saving. And when I got it, oh, like how great that felt. Yeah. Nice. nice. So can yeah. you play the saxophone today? I haven't played it in a really, really long time. If I pulled it out, I could probably make it make a sound. I could still read music, but I don't know <laughs> that I could, you know, Kenny G, anything. Or, you know, be, be impressive to any degree. Okay. Well, the next time you're on the show, we want to hear a little bit of a song. No, no challenge there. Um, I, all right. Well, then that's going to be scheduled very far out in advance. <laughs> all right. Mr. Alton Schneider, what was your first purchase? Do you remember? Well, I have a little bit of a tragedy story because when I was a kid, I also started doing paper routes. I think I was probably about eight or nine when I started doing... Mm-hmm. I, we, I delivered a, a weekly kind of a weekly flyer hanging on people's yeah. doors and I was saving up money and I was saving up money specifically to buy a remote control car because oh, I nice. really, really, really wanted one of these. And then this is this is going to date me. This is going to show you how old I was. At that time, we would rent a VHS player <laughs> to be able to watch movies on the weekend. 
I spilled a glass of lemonade on a VHS tape. And instead of taking it to the store to figure out whether or not it was ruined or not, my dad put it into the VHS machine to see if it was ruined, which ended up ruining the VHS machine. So I ended up having to save up $200 to buy a VHS machine to to replace (laughs) the one that we had rented. And oh. then I eventually ended up saving enough money to be able to buy the remote control car. <laughs> oh. But of course, that was my first lesson in insurance products. We need to think <laughs> yeah, about right? insurance there you, go. there you go. There you go. That's that's the takeaway. That's yeah. yeah you were destined for you were destined for financial planning. Uh, I I follow I followed the VHS. I I think I'm realizing I'm maybe older than I look. I think we're probably very similarly aged because I definitely grew up with, like we were a VHS house. My friend had the laser disc, which was, seemed very futuristic and cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I remember. Wow. So we will thank God for the Zoom filters, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> so Jen's Jen's first purchase was cool. Yours is a, a sad story. Mine's mine'll show you how dorky I am. My best friend okay. when I was growing up, she had the this little floppy eared stuffed animal dog. And I just loved it. And I always played with it whenever I was with her. And so I'd saved up my money so I could buy the same exact floppy ear dog. <laughs> and I was so excited when I got it because I've always wanted to have dogs in my life. And it wasn't until just mm-hmm. recently that we got our own real live dogs. <laughs> oh, <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> so how can else can parents use the holidays to instill financial health or financial habits in their kids? Any other su- broader suggestions that we can all come up with to help folks this time, especially for the new LGBTQ mom and dad? I'll just reiterate some of the stuff we talked about, right? The the planning and budgeting around all the spending that comes along with the holidays, right? That can be part of the joy and the fun and the, you know, spreading of of kind of love and care for others, but can also trigger some anxiety and at minimum a, a good time for learning and conversation. I think trying to make sure they're set up with the right tools to do that. So highly recommend finding, you know, good spending products. You know, examples are our 360 checking account for adults, which have a lot of the same benefits from a kind of access to money, access to easy, safe, fast spending, and then good kind of visibility and, and tracking of how that's of how that's playing out with our money team checking the same. And then I think, you know, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot that you can do around that year end reflection on mm-hmm. kind of what did you accomplish in the last year? What are you thankful for? These are all topics and themes that just kind of permeate this time of year and really become great conversation starters to get your kids thinking about kind of what they're trying to achieve in the near term and the long term. What are they trying to align with in the things they care about and their values? And how are they doing that with the the goals they're setting and where it requires spending? how they're you know building their savings planning that spend and actually executing that spend in a, a conscious responsible way absolutely any suggestions David? Yeah, yeah i'm going to add one thing to this i love what everything you just said but i'm going to add one one additional thing i remember a very pivotal moment being at the mall with my mom one time and she was trying to convince me to get a particular item of clothing And I was probably Mm -hmm. maybe 13, 14 years old. And I just looked at her and I said, don't, don't buy that for me. I will never wear it. And I think it's, this is a great time of year to have the conversation with your kids about 
intentional spending. Because I think that's one of the reasons why mm-hmm. a lot of people probably responded in the survey that way was that we oftentimes buy things that we think we need, but we don't really need and we probably won't ever end up using. So it's a great time to sit down with the gifts that you have received and say, will we use this? Do we really want this? And if we don't, let's take it back and replace it with something we actually truly want and will use. And I think it's yeah. that's a conversation I think a lot of people don't have when they go to Amazon or to the store. They're looking at stuff. We just kind of get, oh, I, I need something and I need to buy something. You know, it's that existential crisis when you go to Target and you're supposed to buy one <laughs> yeah. thing and you come out with 12. Shopping cart, yeah. Right. You didn't really need those things. And I think that this is a, it's a great time because I think a lot of people give gifts because they want to give a gift, but they don't know the person well enough to know exactly what it is that person will use, which is yeah. another good reason why cash and cards are are a great option, right? Yeah. So yeah. But it, yeah. have that question about intentionally, are we going to use what we are actually buying or receiving as gifts? I think that, I think it's a great point. I mean, one, I'm having a, a sort of a Spider-Man moment with great power comes great responsibility. But in the context of sort of the season of spend and and how sort of spending options have evolved, right? The tools that we use to to do all of this transacting have evolved. It's gotten really easy to spend money, right? There's all sorts of options out there and platforms on which to spend, both like providing the products and also enabling the actual spend, the actual transaction. You know, the one click buy, the it's kind of the digital version of the candy rack I mean, at the checkout counter in the grocery store, right? That right. sort of enables that type of impulse buying. I think a lot of that is great in terms of creating, you know, frictionless, simple experiences for consumers, right? We, we have to spend, we might as well make that experience as easy and safe and enjoyable as possible. That's how we build our products at Capital One. But I think it also, you know, you got to balance it with the, the sort of back end, well, the front end planning, to kind of avoid some of those things in the first place, which is I think what you're speaking to in terms of that intentionality, as well as the backend tools to be able to reflect and learn and pivot if you need to, right? And adjust your habits if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that spending intentionally is part of that equation of spending responsibly, right? Are you actually gonna use the product that you're buying or that you're being given? And if you're not, then return and get something else or maybe even donate to somebody who would actually use that. Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. other resources does Capital One offer to help people with their spending and saving habits that you might want to suggest while we wrap this up? Absolutely. So another thing we have at Capital One, in addition to kind of our, our 360 checking and our money team checking products, which are packed with all sorts of great kind of features and benefits, I can't recommend enough our money and life program. It basically helps consumers get perspective on that sort of financial plan on their financial habits. It's basically sort of virtual coaching sessions. You can check it out on our website at capitalone.com and set it up virtually. I think you can also get them done in our our branches and cafes if you have those locally available to you, which you can find out on the site. But it, it helps you plan out your goals in life and do some of that kind of planning, goal setting, foundational work around budgeting in a way that I think is really powerful and and is really kind of the first step to a lot of what we talked about today with building those responsible financial habits, responsible 
spending habits. Yeah, we did one of those sessions once and we think we're like, we know all about our money and our finances and what we want. And it was actually quite eye-opening for us, even though we're in our money all day long, every day, and we help other people with their money. When we did one of those coaching sessions, we're like, wow, we didn't we didn't know some of these things. So we From highly encourage people to, to go yeah. into a cafe or to go onto CapitalOne.com to take one of those. Yeah. And they're available to everyone. You don't have to be a, a Capital One customer, which is also great about it. Yeah. yeah. And you can always get a good coffee while you're in the cafe as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is that is a perk, right? That is one of the one of the big draws of our cafes. Can't can't argue with that. Exactly. And then to wrap up, how else can our listeners connect with Capital One online and through social media and whatnot? Yes, absolutely. So we have our CapitalOne.com website. There's all sorts of great information on there about branch locations and cafe locations, our you know, 70,000 totally fee-free ATMs for for our customers. Also things like ability to deposit cash remotely or in CVSs now, actually, you can kind of physically deposit cash in your Capital One account. So lots of great information about some of the features and, and products that we have available on the site, where to find our, our physical locations. And then we are all over social media. So, you know, find us, find us on all of your relevant Instas and Facebooks, and we've got some stuff popping up on TikTok these days. So we're, we're trying to be present in all the places where our customers are going to, to look for that information. Yeah, you have a great, we watch you on all the social media, but your Instagram feed is pretty, uh, pretty good to look at. Yeah, quite enjoyable. So thank you, Jen, so much for your time. We appreciate you joining us for today and sharing how people can spend responsibly and also have that spending responsibly discussion with their children this time of the year, even though it's all about the holidays. <laughs> Yeah, no, and the, the holidays are a wonderful time, right? They bring lots of great things of bringing people together and celebrating and reflecting. They can trigger a lot of things too in our financial lives. And, but I think, I think those are all just opportunities for great discussions, great reflection and figuring out kind of what tools and, and support you need to manage that stuff in a way that you feel good about. So you can have that, that good emotional feeling that we talked about at the beginning when you think about kind of your financial health and well-being. Exactly. That's what we're all shooting for. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Had a good time. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode. Here is your Queer Money Takeaway. We talked a lot about intention today, so we encourage you during this holiday season to be a bit more conscious about your spending. And if you have children, ask them to think more intentionally about how they plan to spend and give any holiday money they get this year. Then join us Thursday for another bonus episode and Tuesday for our regular scheduled episode. Thank you and have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.